This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. Welcome back to the Orange Podcast. I'm Nicole Taylor. A number of Orange City Council staff were involved in training earlier this week, focusing on community engagement. Council is working to ensure businesses and the community are brought along for the ride on projects that matter to them. But more on that later. First up, comms team member Alan Reader sat down with Jessica Hickman, who Council has engaged to run workshops with Council staff to improve on the organisation's workplace culture. If you've ever been in a workplace where things have gone really well, you know how much how productive that can be. If you've worked in a workplace where things are problems, that uh, tends to get in the way of things. Orange City Council is currently working on its workplace culture, and to do that we've brought in a consultant who's helping the staff work through some of these issues. Jesse Hickman joins us. Jessica, why is it good for an organisation to have a healthy workplace culture? It's, it seems pretty straightforward, but from your point of view, why is it a good thing? Um, So I've actually worked in organisations that are quite toxic and I know how damaging that is, not only to the business success, um, employee success, but also the health and well-being of individuals within the business. So it is really a good investment to focus on workplace culture because it not only helps the top line in the business, but really um, encourages people to do their best work. When we feel valued and respected and, you know, seen and heard, um, that's all as individuals and humans we want to be is seen, heard and valued and when we are creating environments where people can thrive that's really where we do our best work within organisations but also serve the community. I think we are very focused on community and making sure that they're um, happy and you know living in a great environment but sometimes it's important to focus on the internal environment and workplace culture really is a big factor um, that really determines organisation and council success. On a personal level, it comes down to you know, where we draw our sense of identity from, where we draw our sense of self-worth from. You know, I might be a dad or a mother, or a, uh, but if I'm, a, if I'm part of what makes me think positive thoughts about myself is the work I do and how I get on with the people around them, that shows up um, just how important it can be. Absolutely. And look, in June 2007, I ended up collapsing at work. I was working in a very toxic environment for three and a half years with a bullying boss. And I think that what happens when we work in a toxic environment is we expect to just come home from work, get on with our life. But everything affected, you know, from relationships to confidence to self-work. Worth and we spend more time at work than we do at home a lot of the time and with the people, our colleagues, more than we sometimes spend time with our own family. So it's really important and I learned firsthand um, how a toxic work environment can affect your mental and physical health and that led to me collapsing and having burnout. So that's one of the really driving factors why I'm so uh, passionate about helping people understand how to create a thriving workplace culture but also value themselves as individuals and what they can bring to work and that's their whole authentic selves. It sounds like it's a a major topic to start to work through. Um, If you're dealing with people's personalities and and all sorts of things going on in their head, in the process of, a, of a, you know, some weekly sessions, is that something you can make a difference to? 
Oh, absolutely. And look, everyone's got individual personalities in the workplace, but it's learning how to work alongside your colleagues and peers. And something we've been doing um, in partnership, myself and Orange City Council, is really learning um, how we can actually uh, bring our best selves to work. We've been talking about what behaviours are in and out, and also um, how we can nurture our teams as leaders Um, to make sure that they feel valued. So it's definitely, um, you know, culture doesn't change overnight. There's a lot of residue within organisation from maybe previous leadership or, um, you know, different dynamics. It it comes with working in partnership and over time we can start to shape um, how we want to work together. The first round of about 60 staff who've been gone through this process, so some training and some awareness raising, have now reaching the end of their process, and you'll, you'll celebrate that time some, sometime soon without breaking any confidences. Is, is there one example you could give of something someone's learned and, and what difference it's made in their workplace here at Orange City Council? Absolutely. Um, we've been doing a program called Future Focus Leaders, where I've been working uh, with a group of leaders, and so far we've done 60 leaders and about to do another 70 um, over the period of 2021. And when I started working with the organisation, it was quite refreshing because I will say the culture of organisation of Orange City Council isn't you know, widely toxic. I've worked with some really um, you know, extraordinarily bad organisations. But what really um, Dave O'Dell's vision was to modernise mindsets and really create um, new conversations and new ideas. So we came in with a fresh perspective. And one of the key things um, I've learned is... Um, and, and people have shared openly was um, people were pretty fatigued and burnt out um, coming from uh, drought, uh, bushfires, um, you know, the, the residue from that and also then a global pandemic. Um, leaders were tired, teams were tired and we were just striving to do the best we can. So the biggest thing was organise uh, Orange City Council allowing people to stop, pause and just check the take a pulse check and go okay how can we be better leaders how can we um, work together but also how can we make sure that we're looking after ourselves because I think uh, leaders fill everyone else's cup make sure everyone else is okay and sometimes forget to just look after self so I think that's been the biggest learning for me is um, allowing people just to take a breather and and a perspective because the council is super super busy um, and sometimes they're unable to just stop pause and reflect when you've got a busy organisation, the priority seems to be just get on with it, get it all done. But you're suggesting something counterintuitive. Actually, it makes sense to stop doing work and then just sit back and, and, wonder and talk about and reflect on how we could do it better. Absolutely. Look, we've been doing four different masterclasses with the leadership and a a key thing for that is psychological safety and really zooming out from a bird's eye uh, perspective and seeing, are our teams psychological safe? And by psychological safe, I mean able to um, speak up without judgment, work together in collaboration and actually champion our own ideas. Um, So sometimes, you know, you do need to stop and look from a bird's eye perspective perspective and see how we can do things better and often we're in what I describe as the hamster wheel always wanting to do more achieve more work later work bigger hours and we definitely seen that elevate in the pandemic especially if people were working at home there's really no divide between work and personal life and often that blurred line causes people to feel anxiety feeling like they should be working even more hours so um, as Orange City Council you know the strong leadership from the ELT was saying we appreciate you, we value you, we're going to give you four full days to work on some new content and ideas and that really um, has been greatly received 
um, across the organisation and really, you know, pulling people in to do some learning, but also unlearning. Where have we got into old patterns and old behaviours that sometimes we're stuck in our own way because we've worked with the organisation for 20, 30, even 40 years? Um, and how can we actually modernise our mindsets and, and learn from new people in the organisation as well? So it's as much as it is learning content from myself and my colleague, Natalie, it's also learning from one another and capturing the gold and the magic of the experience across the organisation and sharing skills, knowledge and breaking down silos. And if that happens, is that going to mean better value for ratepayers? Definitely. What I've learned is there's so many people doing amazing things in different pockets of the organisation. And by sharing that knowledge across the organisation, that is better serving the communication um, and also the community. Look, uh, rather than working in just departments and what we call silos, people are really having that cross um, organisation, peer-to-peer mentor support. And again, that wealth of knowledge and sharing data really does benefit the community and learning what each other do from community service to parks, gardens and and really uh, by learning that we're able to bridge the gaps and work together under a collaborative one banner of Orange City Council. Jessica Hickman, thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Alan Reader there, speaking with Jessica Hickman. It has been a busy few weeks for Orange City Council staff who have been involved in a number of training workshops, one of which was held in parks this week with Margaret Harvey, who specialises in teaching people why community engagement is important and tricks on how to get it right. Every now and again, Orange City Council tries to get a message across to the community and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. Staff this week have been learning how to do that community engagement thing even better. Uh, One of the people helping us to learn those lessons, Margaret Harvey. Margaret, um, is it a common thing that councils, local governments, sometimes get community engagement wrong? Oh, look, I think it's uh, it's easy to get it to get it wrong I mean it's hard to know when you should get the consultation happening with the community and when the community's just saying get on with it and do it um, and sometimes it's hard to, to measure that but I guess what we advocate is that you need to go out and ask the community and test the water and see whether they need some input to particular um, decisions and then respond to that, uh, not always by handing over the decision, but by at least um, involving them in the things that are most important or that that impact them, we would say, things that really highly affect communities need to to be consulted on. The package of training, the industry standard for this sort of work is IAP2. I understand there's a spectrum that really sort of tries to break that down into... into, um, how much a particular council decision is affecting the community. And and if there's more impact, then there's more engagement. Is that the the gist of it? Yeah, that is. Um, And the, yes, so the International Association for Public Participation is is the mouthful of the uh, professional organisation. The the spectrum is, is... it's a little bit about trying to encourage people to to create some level of influence, but it's mostly actually about getting councils and other state government authorities to be really honest about about the level of engagement that they might have. So if we are just uh, as as organisations, as councils, as state government, just asking people for feedback, let's be clear about that. If we want them to sit down at the table with us and, and collaborate and talk to us about things and really get their input, let's be, let's be clear about that. And sometimes that language isn't very clear and, that's, and the community's right to get confused about it. 
So at one end of the spectrum, if it's if a really simple decision, say um, Orange City Council is about to put a pipe in the ground, that's probably not going to affect people. So the, the engagement there is about just letting them know, informing them. That's right, that's right. Informing them, um, but it may be that if it's the pipe in the ground is out the front of somebody's driveway and it's going to mean that they don't have access, then, then of course that's, a, that's, you know, that's at least letting that person know. But you don't necessarily need to let the whole street know or the whole suburb know about particular, particular decisions. And yeah. Further up, up the spectrum, if the council was, say, redesigning the CBD, and it would, would appreciate and perhaps learn from the community about where to put some trees, uh, you know, where to put some outdoor dining areas, then that, that suggests a, a much more in-depth engagement. That's right, that's right. That would be, that would be a sitting down and, and actually getting people together and getting them to, to understand not only what they think, but what, what the neighbours think, you know, what do businesses think, what are, what are the residents that are in the area think. That's the, that, you know, they, they, we really need to balance the decision making, not, you know, both on what Orange Council might need to do in that scenario, but also on the basis of what, what the community and the affected residents and businesses might need. Across a council organisation, there's probably a, a diversity of views about uh, how much council should in, engage. Um, some experts, say an engineer or, a, or an architectural designer, might think they know the answers. Why, why should that group of people who, who know the best way to design a, a footpath or design a, a set of pipes or a public area, why should they help to learn? Why should they learn from the community? Well, I guess we would say that the community brings knowledge that. Um, could be local knowledge it could be you know experiential you know knowledge of of you know what's happened before you know often the community actually knows more because they've been in a particular location for longer than 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 the council officers that are coming along and doing something so um you know you don't know what you don't know so um the community may fill in those gaps sometimes they may not so um but you you won't know unless you ask if a process is done well, if, it, if it's done according to the, the right level of impact and the right level of community engagement, is there a guarantee it's going to work better or, or will people just feel better about it? Uh, absolutely no guarantee that it's going to work better, but um, but we might have a decision that people understand. It might not be a popular decision, but we might have a lot more understanding about why that decision's been made and some of the complexity of that, that decision. Um, and, that, and that makes it that might make it a little bit more palatable. Um, so it's not really about just making people feel involved, it's at, about actually involving people so they have a knowledge of, of, of why something has to be done and, and why it might be constrained in terms of the decision. It'll take longer, it might cost more. Will it be worth it in that sense? Well, I think, I think that's, that's always something that people weigh up and always a, um, a debate. Um, it, it costs a lot more when the community gets upset and makes things go round and back, you know, makes council go back to the drawing board. That actually costs more money than, than actually having that conversation at, at the, the beginning. So, I mean, look, it's always important. I mean, we're not talking about handing over decisions and, you know, community needs to be reasonable about that, but we are talking about, about a balance somewhere between that, that but a balance that, that is not, that, that really the community does have some, some real stake and some real involvement in the process. In some parts of the world, democracy is under threat. Is this a, a, a strategy, a, an idea that's good for democracy in Australia? Um, well, yeah, look, I think, you know, I think it's good for democracy. I mean, some would argue that, um, 
that we've got a bit more extreme in terms of the demands of the public and that maybe the public's getting too demanding and that we should pull that back a bit. A bit. Um, I don't know, you know, jury's out really as to whether that's, that's true or, or not. Um, I don't think um, that's true yet, but, you know, there has to be a balance and, you know, basically decision makers and government authorities have to get on with things, um, there's no doubt about that, but they can't do that um, by just walking over people, I guess, is the key, the key thing. Alan Reader there with Margaret Harvey. Now for the weekly wrap from Council CEO Dave Waddell. Well, that was another interesting week. Um, we're all aware that on September 4 there is a council election coming on. So half of me is saying, oh, we must be cruising down into a, into a quiet period. But no, we've still got lots for you coming up. We've got the adoption of the budget next week, which is a lot of money and defines what we're spending next year, which is good, really good for staff to get that direction. We've got the Bloomfield Tree Removal DA coming up in the next few weeks, which is obviously controversial. Council will need to make that decision. We've also got a really um, strategic study coming up, the local housing strategy. Where will Orange expand to in the next 15 to 20 years? That will go on exhibition. The public will have quite a few weeks and months to, to have a look at that and decide really the, the land use future of Orange. And also next week closes the tender for the sale of the western side of the old hospital. So we've got to get through all that in the next eight weeks before we actually get to a council election. It's all happening and it's getting colder. Have a great weekend. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the Orange Podcast where you usually listen to your podcasts. That's all and we'll catch you next week.